Content warning. This episode of D&D and TV contains discussions of sexual assault. Hey awesome nerds, welcome to D&D and TV, a podcast where we rewatch shows that we really enjoy and talk about how the characters, concepts and themes can be used in tabletop role-playing games. I am your host Jeremy and I am joined by Meek who is walking a lot of dogs of various sizes down a street in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's a thing though, right? That's a thing, like it's an actual job. I think it's a pretty well-paying job as well. Yeah, you'd be making a bundle. Yeah, like yeah. rich people's and dogs. And what I wonder is that there's a lot of doormen and, like, people... Like, you take the dog for an hour and then you just come back and, like, drop the dog off at the mm. empty apartment? Or do you give it to the doorman who then takes it up to the empty apartment? So, like, what exactly oh. is the... Or do you just take it... Like, I feel if you've got the free time, you go walking the dog yourself. So you only do it if you don't have time for the dog. This is such a good question. Yeah, there's a great shot of Daniel Radcliffe with um, a fanny pack and like a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, completely unshaven with just a pack of dogs around him on a city street. And I'm yeah. pretty certain it's like, oh, you just took a dog as a job as a dog walker for, for a week or so. <laughs> I know just exactly the, that picture you're you talking know, about. It's great. I think everyone does. It's great. There's some great ones. Daniel Radcliffe, well done. Isn't it him in the bear? Is he in the bear claw slippers in that one as well? Oh no, that's from oh, yeah. the gun and the like. That's from a movie, though. I'm pretty. Oh, sure. Oh no, that that is from a movie. Yeah. We're, we are already um, on a tangent. We are already on a tangent, and we are probably two this minutes. This is what in. we get for filming on a Friday. That's <laughs> right. This is what it is, team. So we are talking about Gossip Girl 2007, the Stephanie Savage and Josh Watt show uh, that was based on a series of books by Cecily von Zygasser. And today we are talking about episode. 15 of season one, Desperately Seeking Serena, uh, directed by Michael Fields and written by Felicia D. Henderson. I say, can you believe 15 episodes? I know. And now you see why it's a mm, masterpiece. I'll help you. Okay. Okay. See, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. I was going to say like a meth-induced fever dream. Mas- but sure, sure. <laughs> In this episode, it is uh, Serena's world is turned upside down when her former partner in crime, Georgina Sparks, returns to Manhattan to stir up trouble. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. Georgina. Is- I don't know. I have to admit, Georgina is a good name for like a, an antagonist like that. Yeah. No offense yeah. to any Georgina's listening. I feel it's better than like just George. Like George doesn't have as good a ring as an antagonist. It's, it's the like Ema, Georgi- right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Regina in mm, Regina George. Well, I think maybe that's it as well. Exactly. Yeah. Has the best of both worlds. Yeah. There we go. That's. Wait, does that mean her name is like Georgina George? I mean, her name is Regina George, but like. That makes more like, sense because it's like King oh, George yeah. and that whole thing. Oh, I hadn't thought about that, but yes. Yeah. There's, there's a lot going on in Mean Girls, which I'm sure we'll talk about at another time. But today we are talking about Gossip Girl. Well. Join our Patreon, friends. We can do Mean Girls the Musical. It'd be great. It's a great musical. Oh, it does God, lots of could. great things. Mean girls it's got a mean great girls song about consent that everyone should listen to if you've got kids. Yes, everyone probably should listen to that just in general. 
It's yeah, like con- consent matters. Uh, we are a spoiler-free podcast, except there is one one spoiler that we will reveal now because we feel it is important to view the series through this lens, and that is that in the final episode, it is revealed that Gossip Girl, the um, gossip columnist, the gossip blogger that is referenced many times mm. and voiceovers most of the series, is in fact one of the main characters, Dan Humphrey. <gasps> what? Whoa, 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 whoa. And clearly this was completely planned from the very beginning. Like, there's no way. Certainly, Gossip Girl plays such a major role in this episode that it was, it was, must have been a thing. Well, Gossip Girl was very busy this episode, so that's, I think, why maybe Gossip Girl didn't play so much of a role this episode. Because this episode, Gossip Girl had shit to do. Yeah, that's actually a good point, that this episode is all about SATs, and, like, Gossip Girl's (laughs) not saying anything about SATs. Gossip Girl is just like... Oh, I'm just going to make snarky comments, and it's like Dan's little inner monologue or something, but no actual gossip is yeah. occurring. And you feel like that's something no. that they would like. Who was caught having a breakdown on Fifth Avenue because they couldn't get the right pen or something before the the exam? But I want to talk about SATs because that's not really a thing for us in Australia, is it? No, I only knew about them from uh, Legally Blonde when oh, really? uh, I knew well, that's the had to get S- her else. Is that the same? No, that's the, um, I think it's the law school version of it. Ah. Yeah. I don't oh, even man. know what SAT I stands prep, for. But I did prep for the wrong thing. I God assume it's it. standardized, standard, standardized assessment test. Because so, I had some LSAT questions I was going to throw at you. But oh, go I, for I it. thought LSATs and SAT. Do you want to have a go? All right. Yeah, ready? let's give me one. Uh, okay. When pregnant lab rats are given caffeine equivalent to the amount a human would consume by drinking six cups of coffee per day, an increase in the incidence of birth defects results. Are you there so far? Mm-hmm. When asked if the government would require warning labels on products containing caffeine, a spokesperson stated that it would not because the government would lose credibility if the finding of these studies were to be refuted in the future. Your question for mm-hmm. zero dollars. Okay. Which of the following is the most strongly suggested by the government statement? Oh, it's multiple choice. A, awesome. Yeah. A, that a warning that applies to a small population is inappropriate. B, very few people drink as many as six cups of coffee a day. C, there are doubts about the conclusive nature of studies on animals. D, studies on rats provide little data about human birth defects. Or E, the seriousness of birth e- defects involves caffeine is not clear. I'd like to phone a friend, Eddie. I have no uh, idea. I'll give you a clue. It's not A or B or D. So it's oh, either. Oh, that's good. That's narrow- cool. Let's narrow it down to two. Um, yeah. Let's there are say doubts because- about the conclusive nature of study on animals or E, the seriousness of birth defects involving caffeine is not clear. Um, I actually tuned out for the entire question, so I'm going to go with E. <laughs> Bop-bop, no Harvard uh, today. I mean, that's really how you get into Harvard. There's that one <laughs> pass-fail question and a lot of money. Yeah, and a, and a video essay of you wearing a bikini. That's what that, Legally Blonde taught me. That's I've how you get into that. Harvard. So. Oh, good. Halfway there. Yeah. You know what? The SATs suck. When are you ever going to use this in real life? Never. The only thing, it's, it's exactly the same as all the, the standardized tests in Australia. So here's a secret. What, we don't all... use NAPLAN every day? Here is a secret for all of the 
all of the people studying for like year 12 exams in Australia right now, the workforce, the rest of the world, like everyone in the rest of your life will not give a shit what you get. The only thing it is useful for is determining your placement to get into a university. And even if you don't, you know what you can do? You can just take them again later in life and just pay money and go anyway. Yeah. Or just wait, just wait like three years, go as a mature age student. You don't need anything. Yeah. Just go nuts. It's really easy. So everyone's stressing. It does not fucking matter. Yeah. Like, I'm a bit surprised. I to bring this back to Gossip Girl, right? Because I'm giving up on this because I don't understand what SATs are. Okay. Sorry. To bring it back. Um, bring it back. These people have so much money. Yes. Why do they, like, I know they want to get into the right unis, but theoretically, yes. like, we just saw Bart Bass donate, what was it, a library to get Serena out of trouble with the pool situation? Yeah. Or a wing or something. So surely these people have a way of just getting into uni. Ah, see, that's the thing. The the proper, the big schools have so much money that you can't just donate a wing. Like, they don't care. It's like, you can donate a wing. And be like, great, thanks for the donation. Bye. We don't actually what need your that? money. And also, Who a lot was of the that time. celeb that got busted doing something? Oh, uh, Felicity Huffman. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. But it does matter when it's somebody like Dan, who very much will need a scholarship to go to any of the universities that he wants to. And yeah. possibly someone like Blair, who wants to go to a specific university and will need certain mm. scores to even be looked at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you can, I feel like they can fudge some of the stuff, but other ones, it's like, no, no, you need those marks or we're just not going to, like, they want people who will barely pass if they're, yeah. Yeah. They don't want to have a bad reputation at these schools that have been around for 700 years or something. Yeah. Again, in Australia, does not matter. It's like I went to the equivalent of the Ivy League schools and it does not matter. You end up podcasting. Hey, that's fabulous. And we love it. What I want to bring it to is can you think of some fun exams for D&D games? Like we saw this. I don't know if you've looked at the strict. If you've looked at the strict saving book yet, uh, there are situations in there where there are exams. And basically it becomes down to a skill check. It's like you get advantage if you've learned stuff through the adventure. Like if you've gone to certain places and be like, oh, I saw that plant and now I've got a botany exam. And you get advantage on the roll, but you still need to make like a nature roll to do your exam. And I'm wondering, how would you want to do that in D&D? Is that something you'd enjoy? I say this, running a a campaign for you at the moment that's set at a university. (laughs) Yeah, my characters passed all their exams. I'm, I'm yeah, you got tenure. Past that stage, yeah. Um, would I? You know, if it was part of the campaign, like in our campaign, like right, it does fit, right? So mm. that makes sense. But um, you know what I would like to see is maybe it's a little bit different. But I think you should have to have a magic license, right? Like I yeah. think, like as a wizard and stuff, you should have to. But I, but I kind of want to have that as like a more thing I would actually have to study for as a player. And like, there's actually like 10 questions the DM asks you and you have to know like, all right, this spell, what school of magic does it come from? Uh, I don't want to roll for it. Like I want to actually like test my own personal knowledge. So you want, you would rather there were little facts and things during the game mm. that yeah. you then have to remember and have had the notes for. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Those, I, I would find that as fun as well. Yeah, that's... but I guess that's kind of what you do when you do take notes, though, because yeah, I'm the mean DM. Like, if my players don't have notes, so like, if I'm like, oh, you, this person here looks familiar, they're like, can I roll a history check? I was like, did you take notes? <laughs> did you check your own no. history? Yeah. Uh, you have your own history in your book. Mm -hmm. um, we told you the answer. You just don't remember it. Yeah. I usually I... Say, I say I say that like I'm hard-ass, and then I cave like two seconds later when I'm like, ah. <laughs> But they're not having fun anymore. Yeah, <laughs> they might not like me. I think it's more fun to do tests of character, which kind of leans into the okay. role-playing aspect. And one thing that mm. I kind of like is the idea of giving them maybe a combat test. But okay. giving them, like having a combat test against something that's incredibly easy and seeing, do you slaughter this thing in cold blood? Oh. Do, you, do you help it up when it looks like it's having a problem? Like, they know it's a test, but they don't know what the ah. test would be of. This is a bit like um, the Triwizards Tournament. Yeah. It's, like it's designed to create create camaraderie in these people. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm down for the Triwizards Tournament, for sure. Like, is it those types of things? But if it's like, if wait, are you taking notes for uh, our game? I don't want to. All, I don't want all my ideas. notes are in my head. I'm not writing anything down. Because um, in, but... in that regard... I am like Chuck Bass. Oh. I'm trying to bring it back, but no, oh, no, continue. I can thought. tell from the scarf you're wearing, Jeremy. Everybody, Jeremy's wearing a very nice plaid scarf. Right yeah, now. I had to because I didn't want to go that. with the weird-ass fucking orange jacket that he wears in the start of this episode. Anyway, I'm, I'm it's moving not that weird. I'm moving ahead to the point of the podcast, and I want to finish, let you finish right. your tangent. No, I don't know what my tangent was now. Now I'm thinking about the jacket and thinking, like, okay. I think that was a good jacket. Was like it risky, though? but good. I liked it. I but I like. I it looks like a highlighter like threw up on him. Yeah, but back in the that was very. You know what? Neon's coming back in. So but just he, prepare he yourself. Already, he already has a signature, at, and it's the scarf. And we've determined already that the scarf means that he wants Blair but cannot have Blair. But instead, he's wearing like a throw a cast off from the Wiggles. <laughs> ah, the lesser known orange Wiggle. That's right. It looks, it's weird. It looks like an Inspector Gadget jacket, but it's like yeah, bright that's cool. tangerine orange. Inspector Gadget jackets are cool. He has another one later in the episode and it's bright brand, yellow. I don't know what brand it is. He has a I range of like, these. Right. It's like Hugo Boss or something. I don't know. They do jackets, apparently, Jeremy. in my brain. <laughs> so while Meek live Googles, I will t tell you <laughs> some of the stuff that's happening in the, in the episode. And essentially it opens up with this montage of all the different ways they're studying and Serena's shit at it and Dan's freaking out by it. Blair's Wait, you're talking about the trench coat, right? Sorry, we're just yeah, the, this. You're talking about the trench coat, right? The okay. orange trench coat. Because we see, we see Chuck in this orange trench coat and basically he's just going, I'm going to fake my ID and pay someone else to take the test for me. Yeah, no, cool. It's like, you know what? Well done, yeah. Chuck. That seems like it's something Gucci, that you would do. By the way, it's Gucci. It's a Gucci, there Gucci you trench go. coat. It's a Gucci trench coat, sure. Yeah. I just, whatever. And I feel that the, probably the most important one um, that we see studying is Dan. It feels like this is a Dan... Like, there's a lot of Serena in this episode, but it's kind of Dan-centric too. Like, Dan's mm. got a, a lot of stuff going on. Because Rufus busts in on him uh, and is like, time's up! And he's like, mm. you wanted me to do this because this is what will happen in the actual exam. And I was just like, mm, probably not the worst thing you busted in him seeing him do. Uh, <laughs> 
This apparently Dan doesn't do well under pressure. He um he struck out at T ball yeah. when he was six. Yeah. The fact and... that he's still holding on to that is worrying. Yeah, well, but that says a lot about Dan as well. And I love that Rufus is so confident about it. He's like, Yeah, it'll just work out. He's just really yeah. chill. He's like, Rufus is very me at this moment. It's like me going, you know what, year twelves? It does not fucking matter. That's Rufus. He's like, yeah. it does not matter. You will do what you want, and if you don't get into a school, that's fine. You'll come work at the gallery. You'll do. You'll write. It does not matter if you get into a Harvard school. You just want to. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I really enjoy the little Humphrey banter in the loft in this this first scene. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, yeah. They're there's a, a little nice bit little about. Fam. They are, and there's like little callbacks to the T-ball when Dan's all like, "I," or he's like, "You cried when I walked, tried to walk you to school," and and Jenny's like, "No, no, that was Dan." He's like, yeah, yeah, I had a bad year that year because of the T-ball. Yeah. But the main point being that Jenny is still grounded because she stole the dress uh, in mm. the previous episode. Mm-hmm. And that was bad. That's yes. that's that's terrible. It was bad. Uh, but Rufus is planning on walking to school and she talks him out of that, but he insists you will be home tonight for dinner and lasagna because Rufus cooking is his love language. And um, yeah, that's nice to know. Well, we'd already identified that. That's that's yeah. not really news. I know, Actually, but it's I nice that when it's... You had identified that with your years of experience in cinematography. And I think they're just giving, something, giving Rufus something to do and to prove that he actually cooks for his family. Because uh, it seems so easy to just be like, yeah, they've got a kitchen that they never use in, in this loft. Maybe I am an Upper East Sider. I never use my kitchen. <laughs> that's not true. You it stand there and look at things. Oh, I have a fridge full of Red Bull. Does that count? That does count. Um, yeah, the fridge is plugged in. There we go. It works. It is. Uh, and then we get Blair and Serena comparing their practice exam scores. And um, yeah, Blair seems to be doing pretty well. So I think she's got like a 2200 or something. And I think that's mm. good. I think you're like a 2400 is like the highest you can get. That's, yeah. You're literally approaching this how I did, where I was like, yes. Look, Blair is smart and seems to have it be pleased with her result so it's all i know is that there are two like there's two grades you can get like a 1201 and a 1200 another i think and then they add it together and then it's what the score you get like in total ah okay i think that's how it works i obviously have not really looked into it at all uh but blair's real problem is that she has competition for the spot Mm. at yale does she want to go to yale she wants to go to yale she wants to go to yale yeah, and her competition is a girl called Nella Yuki, Oof. who will be ref- who will be referred to henceforth as Nella Yuki, as, like mm. full name, full name, hundred uh, percent, as Blair does. And Actually, great, great character name. I want to name one of my. That would be a great name. Yuki, just in general, is a good name. True. Yeah, it's a good surname. <laughs> and also, she spots Chuck in his fluorescent yellow orange jacket at this point and just goes nope bye i'm out of here i don't want to deal with chuck right now which is fair there's still so much going on between those two uh but chuck is there to talk to serena because he's been investigating the mysterious note that she was given and all the presents that she got in the last episode that got him kicked out of the the bass family hotel room and back to his Uh suite his 1812 suite there there's something there about tchaikovsky and i gotta figure it out anyway um, according to him, like we just get the name of who it was. It's Georgina Sparks, and we're just like, "Who the fuck is Georgina Sparks?" You have not mentioned this character at all. G, G. 
Yeah. Anyway, she is in Belgium or da- dating the Prince of Belgium or something. I think she's in Austria dating the Prince of Belgium, but same no, thing. As you do. She's, I don't think she's in Europe. Serena seems surprised as a Prince of Belgium, and I feel that I'm the same. I don't think Be- Belgium has a royal family. Well, the Dutch have a royal family. family. Do they? Well, I don't. Yeah, the Dutch do, hundred percent. I mean, so, the Dutch is a different country, but oh, I know, but they're like neighbors. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. So it must be. It's it's still a monarchy, sure. Well, like, is it? I'm more meaning like like if New Zealand had a royal family. Oh, New Zealand does have a royal family, technically, and we have a royal family, and yeah. we're neighbors. So there you That's go, true. the Belgian monarchy. Okay. The King, His Majesty, the King was born in Brussels on the fifteenth. Okay, I'm going to open up the article. Here we go. Wikipedia to the rescue. It's not Wikipedia, thank you. It is www.monarchy.be. So it must be a... Oh, wow. We're actually going yeah, to Belgium for official... it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to that. <laughs> when I live Google, I live Google properly, Jeremy. Congratulations to Belgium for being the first result and not the Wikipedia entry for your country. Thanks. All right, the royal family. Here we go. So you have the king... His Majesty was mm-hmm. born on the 15th of April in 1960. He's the eldest son of King okay. Albert II. The Queen, you're not really interested in that. Oh, okay. So we've I'm got not. Princess Princess Elizabeth, Duchess of Brabant. She was born in uh-huh. 2001. Okay, uh, Prince Gabriel her. was born yeah. in 2003. Prince mm, Emmanuel was born in 2005. Mm-hmm. And Ellen, oh, this is beautiful. Eleonore, E-L-E-O-N-O-R-E, was born on the 16th of April, 2008. And is the fourth child. So, given that this episode happened in two thousand and seven, it's potentially possible that the current king was the prince that um, Georgina was supposedly dating. Possibly, he was born in what nineteen sixty, so he'd be like forty-seven. Yeah, yeah sure. and she's what seventeen. Sure. Sure, I feel that they just kind of picked a European country that no one was going to Wikipedia them. Uh, not yeah. really the point of this scene, however. As much fun as talking about Belgium is. My God, now I really want to know more about the Bel- This is a. Can I just say, shout out the Belgian royal family if you're listening. Great website. And Super thank you for website. your support. If you would yeah. like to sponsor us in future episodes, <laughs> if the Belgian one you would like to sponsor us, please do. It'd be great. I can actually see the um, areas where people download from, and I'm pretty certain Belgium's been on there a couple of times. Well, uh, how do I say hello in Belgium? Uh, in Flemish, it's called. Flemish? Yeah, I believe people from Belgium are called the Flemish. But you know what? Oh. I'm not going to check because I'm going to move right. on and continue. I'm, gonna say hello I'm just going to talk. To our, our Bel- Flemish listeners, hello and uh, good morgen. Oh, it's very similar Gotten to Dutch. Morgen. Oh, it sure. is all their Flemish Dutch phrases. Huh. There you go. So it's We've like, established ah. something. Learning something on the podcast every day of the week. My point in this scene is that... Um, so Chuck was looking into what Georgina's up to because apparently she really scares uh, Serena, but he also knows who she is. And that was like a thing. He kind of prefers the Serena when Georgina's around. Like she was fun and did all the crazy party stuff. Woo. And apart... Apart from his outfit, I'm kind of liking Chuck in this episode. Like You said this last episode. Like, this is the thing. I told you from the start of this series that this guy has been designed to be on a, on a redemption arc. It's like when you make a mm. shitty character in D&D who you know is a bit of a shit, but you know that the idea is you hope that by them being around other good people and other experiences that they will redeem themselves. I think it's just because he doesn't interact with Blair at nearly at all, and that's that's good for me. 
Like, I really don't like Chuck being around Blair or any woman, but apparently he needs to be in this interaction with Serena. So that seems okay because they are technically related. Well, about and to be again, related. about to be related. And while he's a little creepy, it's like more like this is just how he interacts with the world rather mm. than actually meaning any of it. And mm. Serena's, even Serena's just like, yes, yes, talk, talk. And mm. both of them are like, yeah, this is just keeping his hand in. Um, Thank God. Now you can enjoy the gift she mailed you with peace of mind and maybe chuck in the room. Oh, shoot, except for siblings. It does seem this focus on, you know what, I'm just going to keep moving through the episode. I'm not, I don't have segues this time. I'm not even going to bother. There's Stuff happens. Things occur. Plot lines yeah. unresolved. Mm. And all the little hive of, uh, of popular girls who are all seniors mm-hmm. are complaining about the SATs and they're complaining to mm-hmm. Jenny who's like, oh, yeah, well, I'll help you out because apparently I'm still the queen of this little hive. And, Dad um, will Yeah, and, she, and Dan will probably yeah. be there to help too. Uh, and Blair has a better offer. She's got, I can't even remember what the offer is. I'm guessing it's pretty nice. It's like hot rock massage. Yeah, hot rock massage, acupuncturists, uh, uh, pedicures, uh, mm-hmm. um, some particular brand of tutor. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like a better deal. How did you study for your, what, what's it called here, VCE? Uh, it was HSC for me. Uh, oh, so you I did HSC as well? I in New South Wales. I did, because it's too. superior in every way. And... <laughs> It was because I did it. That is why it's superior in every way. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, how did I study for it? Big bag of Doritos, large bottle mm-hmm. of Coke, and NYPD Blue. Interesting combo. Interesting yes. Combo. I, well, that's not actually true. I believe that's how my brother studied for it because I was a little little old. It was more Buffy for me. Uh, okay. But the rest of it, not so much. Yeah, I wasn't big on the study, if anyone is surprised by this. Um, please note that you're listening to my podcast. <laughs> Which is a work of art. Stop talking it's it true. down. No, I, I realized much later in life that I actually learn best when I'm doing something else like playing video games and I'm listening to the thing ah, I'm trying to learn. So it would have been really great if I'd been able to record all, if I'd had a podcast then, I could have recorded all the things I needed to learn and then listen back to them later. But at the time I was trying to rote learn and it did not go so great. Uh, for me unfortunately but yeah, yeah that was kind of kind of what we see here where it's just kind of read the book over and over and well if we're talking study before my hsc i was lucky enough that my parents took me away for a week to just kind of study and they got a week at the coast uh, where they could do work oh. and other stuff and i sat down and read wuthering heights and 1984 back to back in one day and my eye wouldn't stop twitching for six hours because what the fuck yeah that's yeah. uh, intense. Yeah. That is an intense day. Still does sometimes. Uh, and I have never picked up Wuthering Heights ever again. You know what I love about this this episode? Like more than just Chuck being kind of normal as a human being? Mm. What do you love more? Nate is in this episode. He is. And he has a good storyline and I like it. And it's mm. fun to watch him in things. And he and Dan have a conversation like friends. Hmm. This happened before. Not as much. It's like they just have this casual thing of Nate being like, oh, yeah, I'm out playing soccer. And Dan's like, oh, I'm stressed. And he's like, oh, yeah, it kind of sucks. I'm going to support you in this. And it's like, when did you two have time to form a bond? Well, didn't we see it last week when 
uh, last episode, sorry, when Nate came and spoke to Dan because he was worried about Jenny. Yeah, but he came I to talk to. I think that implies to... that they're becoming friends. He came to talk. To... He came to find. Or he came to find Dan about it, but it was more like. Yeah. I'm worried about Jenny and you're her brother, so you go and do it, and then I'm just going to hang around with Serena because I'm Serena's friend. But this felt like that they've kind of hung out and like played soccer and done stuff. Like Dan yeah. now has friends at school, which is not what he's done before. Honestly, it shocked me enough that I have no like I have no idea what they actually talked about. I was just like, Nate and Dan huh. are talking. What the hell? I was more put off by the fact that Dan was interested in soccer. Yeah, that's that's weird as well. Honestly, Dan is not a sporty boy. Uh-uh. Oh, speaking of boys, uh, and Serena comes up and does the little cover your eyes and, and make out with you trick with Dan. Uh-huh. Um, and Dan's line is, what does he say? Oh, Chuck, I didn't know you felt that way. Or something along. Like, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? Well, because he clearly knew it was Serena and he knows that Serena's having an issue with Chuck at the moment. No, I mean, when did this show become wacky? That's wacky? It is For this show, yeah. No. It's like he's talking, they're having callbacks to T-Ball and Dan crying as a six-year-old That's and suddenly wacky. it's light and fun this and happy. Wait. And it's, it's homoerotic drop. It's like gay baiting. It's like, look... Dan's thinking about making out with Chuck. It's like, wait, what? What? No, I don't think. I don't think Dan is thinking about making out with Chuck. But that's these are the this isn't the jokes Dan makes. I don't think Dan's thinking about making out with. I think I think this. You just just let him have his bad joke about Chuck, and okay. and okay. he's fine. All right, I have more evidence. Haven't you ever we'll gone to up later. to your like, you know, Paramore. beloved partner and been like, oh, you know, and then be like, oh, don't, don't you think your arch enemy? I don't know. I I suppose. I mean, it is funny. That's the thing. It's funny too, which I'm not used to. It's like sometimes Gossip Girl is funny, but this is funny. Like I I really enjoyed this joke. It was good. Uh, anyway. Serena and Dan, they book a date. He heads off. And then, bum, 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 enter Georgina Sparks. Like that NPC from your backstory you thought you'd never have to deal with. Mm-hmm. It's like the door opens and you see someone and you know who it is, don't you, Meek? You know that yeah. character. You, it was someone you recognize from a long time ago. And then you have to do ago. that awkward thing to the DM where you're like, is it? And you try to, like, charade it out so you don't give it out to everyone else. And then you're like, oh, yeah. shit. Have you ever had this? What, what's your experience with this as a player? Uh, my experience with this as a player probably would be when my half-orc fighter met his dad. Ah. Where Did it was like we kind of... who his dad, like you, he knew who his dad was and had had a previous relationship with him? Or was this like a Gorgug situation? Uh, Gorgug being from Fantasy High and Dimension 20. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. It was a little bit. Like his dad had disappeared when he was young, but he knew he was human oh. and kind of that's it. And... Yeah, there was a little bit of this person was in the waste for a while and then he came out and he was like a great warrior and it's like, I kind of know that story. And then it's like, oh, yeah, he did this. And it's like all the numbers are starting to match up and it's like, that guy. And then he comes in and I'm like, oh, we're going to meet him. I'm like, that guy. <laughs> it's uh, It was fun, yeah. 
And of course, I had to then even tease it out longer to be like, no, no, he needs to, my character needs to be sure this is his dad before he does anything because he's going to fucking kill him. He is going oh, to kill him. Oh, did you? No, no, he kicked my ass. <laughs> but he gave a good attempt. And for the rest of the game, I was just like, okay, next time I come across him, I don't know whether I'm going to try to kill him or try to be adopted by him. And it's like, one or the other. Is it like, am I trying to win his approval or do I want to kill him? It's like, oh, my poor half-orc fighter boy. He was, he had some issues. Yeah, that's not yeah. a great place to be. And those two options are not great as a 50-50 Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like, I'm just going to level up enough until I can kill my dad. Yeah. <laughs> or level up enough that he'll respect me and love me and hug me and call me son. It's like, <laughs> one or the other. One or the other. Oh. It's like so broken inside. Oh, he he was a treat. Yeah. Speaking of though. broken inside, uh, Georgina. Mm. And played by the amazing Michelle Trachtenberg. Mm. Fresh off her. as. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Harriet the Spy. Yes. And Eurotrip. Okay, and Eurotrip. That that other movie that she was in. And other stuff since then. She's had like a, oh. a pretty big, uh, good sure. career. But I think she was fresh off Buffy in 2007. That fits, right? Like timeline-wise, that fits. Yeah. Yeah, I think she had done Eurotrip a little bit earlier. Uh, like 2006 or so, so that was kind of the in-between thing. But certainly in this, playing a very different role from Dawn on Buffy, where she was like the good girl um, teen mess-up, but ultimately everyone looks out for her. Whereas in this, she's like monster demon teen. Yeah, vindictive and and gross. And yeah. Yeah, like there's there's a weird undercurrent when she's talking to Serena, like Serena does not seem to want to talk to her at all. And she's like, oh, you'll hurt my feelings. And you know how I get when my feelings get hurt, don't you, Serena? It's like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah <laughs> a little, real mean. little scared of you right now, Dawn. Yeah. Oh, and I uh, forgot that there's another. Mm. I'm, I'm just going to keep moving on unless you got stuff yeah. to say. No, I'm disagreeing. I yes. Okay. Yes, and. I I had forgotten that the, that the Hive has another character because um, Katie and the other one seem to have vanished entirely in this episode. I'm not sure what's happened to them but we've got like Penelope, we've got hazel we got um mm-hmm. isabel who we just get introduced to in this episode but we also have elsie or elite i can't even remember her name but she's the other junior classman who's apparently friends one? with yeah with little yeah. E. yeah and she's got a couple of scenes with jenny um mm-hmm. as jenny gets street meat i'm uh, sorry i'm so sorry what street meat this is meat from the street you go on the street and you find meat and then you eat it. Meat street. Meat street? Street meat. Okay. As you've explained that, I think what you mean is the scene where they get hot dogs, but I have never yeah. heard anyone call it street meat. And if I go through my life never hearing anyone else refer to it as street meat, I will die a happy woman. <laughs> because in my head, street meat conjures up a very different image. <laughs> it's meat that's on the side of the street. See, I like, yep. this is that's great. exactly because what just- I thought of. This whole st- this whole scene is a street meet meet cute. Meek is unimpressed. Uh, so Jenny is getting a hot dog. I wish eyeballs roll. I wish <laughs> that there was like a like my eyeballs rolling. Jenny is getting a hot dog from a vendor on the street and mm. talking to. Oh, there's a great line as well that um, Jenny wants something, 
Uh, I, I believe this is like a challenge to Blair. She's like, Elsie. Jenny, why did you want to meet here? Well, I've been thinking. What's the one thing that no one in our group has? I mean, not even Blair. Compassion. <laughs> no, a boyfriend. You know, if I'm going to make it to Queen, I need a king. Slash Elise comes back with the, with the best line, compassion. <laughs> like, fucking hell that's a sick burn when did this show get funny I, I don't I, it's always been this great Jeremy like I'm so glad you're finally seeing it but this has been since episode one yeah alright I don't think it's been this good but it's it's now good and I'm enjoying it uh, but she's actually after a boyfriend Jenny wants a boyfriend mm. and I don't guess she's all, like <laughs> She's kind of looking for. I think she's just like shopping on the for the boys on the streets. Yeah, I'm cruising. guessing they need school. Uh, yeah, sometimes we would cruising's call that a different cruising. thing. Well, yeah, no. I thought cruising was particularly a gay male thing. Is it? Surely it's just open to everyone. All right, I don't know. Live Google again. She. I'm Jen, not live we'll, googling. We'll just I say am. Raggedy McCurchin Waffles is is cruising for for boys. Yes. Jenny's got a, a criteria. It's like he's got to be wealthy and um, pretty, but not up himself, that kind of thing. And this is when she runs into mm. the, the boy we learned to be Asher, who she mm. has forced chemistry with uh, as he tries. To, he's like, oh, well, here, get, I'll, I'll pay you back for the hot dog. Oh. And she's like, I can't take your last dollar. You need money for, for, mm. to be on the street. And he eventually just uses this as an excuse to give her his number. Uh, and you know what? Pretty smooth, Asha. Well done. Well done. Have that you was, have um, you ever have you ever done the whole like, here's my number, out and about on the town to someone? I don't think I have. I might. Actually, that's not true. I have once. There was a time. Mm-hmm. I think it was first year of uni, where basically mm-hmm. me and a friend decided that we were going to try to get as many numbers as possible that okay. night, and she okay. easily won. Um, okay. she managed like four in the space of me very awkwardly asking someone and basically saying, I've got a dare with my friend and we've got a bet. And I, I can't, I think I might've got that number or I might've got shot down very nicely. I, we were very drunk. Okay. Um, okay. Which is, is bad because I was 18, but she was 17. So anyway, you know what? Let's not tell that story. Um, <laughs> you know what? Statute of limitations has passed. We're fine. Yeah. And... Okay. So, yeah, anyway, Jenny, you know, she seems to like him. She seems to think he's cute. But then she throws his number away because he's a dog walker and she needs a king, not a jester. Did Jenny Did Jenny just judge a book by its cover? Tisk, she tisk, Jenny. did. I know. The poor girl wants the wealthy anyway. Because <laughs> if we, we can't, we can never forget that the Humphreys are poor with their loft in Brooklyn and their mm-hmm. art gallery and their private schools. And they're waffles for breakfast every day. All the waffles. The poor poverty waffles. Speaking of poor and uh, waffles, we've yes. got we've got Vanessa at the cafe, the one cafe in Brooklyn where she also works, uh, helping Dan with um, study for SRT, SRTs. SRTs? I think that's something else entirely. I don't know what an SRT is. Student relief teacher? Oh, maybe no CRT, casual relief teacher. Casual relief teacher, substitute relief teacher. There's a few things. Anyway, the SATs is what I'm talking about. Vanessa is helping with those. And Nate basically comes along with a big pile of textbooks and goes, here you go, Dan. These are for you. 
I have already yeah. taken the exams that I need to take. You can have my my study ones. I'm not even sure yeah. what's going on here, but Which apparently Nate doesn't have to take the exams. Like, why did Nate take his, like, it'd be like, like, why did he take his SATs early? How did he take mm -hmm. his SATs early? Mm -hmm. uh, so many questions. I don't get, like, I don't get it. I mean, power I'm, to him. I'm just accepting that he can, apparently. Like his dad's yeah, in rehab yeah. or something, so that is, or his dad's oh. wealthy, or maybe it's like entrance exam for something. It's like cool, sure, this works. I'll accept this yeah. as part of the plot. Um, yeah. But Nate's looking good in this this scene. Just saying. Yeah. Well, like yeah, he's absolutely. Like Nate looks good a lot. I mean, Chase Crawford, pretty man. Mm. That's just uh, how it is. Thinking, but sure. <laughs> um, I meant that he just looks happy. Oh, maybe because a weight has been lifted off his shoulders because he's done his SATs. Yeah, somehow. but also he just seems relaxed in general and at like at peace with himself. Mm. Which That's we fair. haven't seen. Like normally he's just so angsty and broody about Blair, and well, now he's just like, you know what? It's cool. Maybe he's maybe high it's again. Because, no, maybe it's because Blair, like he knew deep down that him and Blair weren't a match, but you know, being young and you know, his parents needed him to have it. So he just kind of did what he had to do. And now that weight's been lifted because he oh, yeah. and Blair aren't soulmates because Blair and Chuck are soulmates. I will agree with that. But we also have his, the burgeoning of a new love interest as Vanessa has attitude with him because he's wealthy and he's just giving hand-me-downs to, to Dan. Mm. And that obviously means that they're going to hook up. Um, because they're two attractive people who have like antagonism. And then she yeah. finds like a, a handwritten note in one of them and she reads it very intently while Dan's like, this is great. I've got study texts. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Expensive, yo. Yeah. So Serena got convinced by Georgina to go out to a drink, one cocktail, apparently. Mm -hmm. um, and a Cosmopolitan. I think it was Cosmopolitan. Of course. Of course. Of course. What else do you Signature drink when you're 17 drink. in New York? Yeah. And uh, boys are sending, or guys, I should say, are sending them drinks. And Serena's like, no, 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 no. I don't drink that much anymore. I'm not going to. Uh, and she's convinced again to have one one drink because Georgina's mm -hmm. like, no, I won't get out of control. Honestly, I feel like Michelle Trachtenberg has this natural, natural charisma, like natural state in this role. And... Blake Lively is just on a different show or they one of them is on a different show and they are not matching at all in this yeah scene. it's weird it's like Blake Lively's in the soap opera and the drama and Michelle Trachtenberg's just being a teenager yeah like a, a messed up teenager but a realistic one I think she's meant to be maybe a touch older as well I don't know if that's oh, yeah. like that kind of track I feel like she's like an older you know like as in maybe when you know, when Serena was in, like, say, year eight, she was in year 10, which isn't, it's not a huge age gap. I'm only a couple of years, but when you're yeah. that young, it makes And then a she had to difference. repeat a couple of years. Yeah. yeah Maybe. That That's just, the, I don't have any evidence of that. That's just my gut feeling. It could be. Uh, so we jump to what uh, Blair's doing instead of, of hanging out with, with these two. And that seems to be bringing the hive to the penthouse where there is not aromatherapy. Uh, there is not acupuncture. There is oh. a battle plan to take down yeah. Nelly Yuki. It's like... We've all got a Nelly Yuki in our life. Do we? 
Don't a you? nemesis? Yeah. Don't you? Right. Sure. I probably have a nemesis. Oh, I no, have... wait. I do have a nemesis. If people who are interested, go and listen to my other podcast, Tell Me About Your D&D Character, and you will find my nemesis because I got to interview Oh. Them. You uh, interviewed your nemesis? I interviewed my nemesis. Uh, so anyway... Blair has a a plan laid out and she's getting the hive on board because they can bring Nella Yuki down. They all benefit is essentially Hmm. Blair's plan. And they do agree. Hazel Hazel apparently is mediocrity incarnate. Yeah. (laughs) And again, Blair's line of Hazel, you're just here for the ride. Yeah. Also with Hazel's haircut. Yeah. It's fair. Fair assumption. Again, suddenly this is funny. Like, these are good jokes and they're well told and they're delivered perfectly. I mean, later Meester, it's hard to go wrong when later Meester doing great lines. But anyway. This is um, going on for 15 episodes, Jeremy. I don't know why you've just suddenly seen the light. Because it Maybe, only got you know what now. you need to do? No, no. You know what you need to do now? You need to go back and rewatch all no, the I episodes. Don't. No, you I do. don't. And you will no. be like, whoa. Sh- Strong dislike. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Or, or it's Stockholm Syndrome and you've just watched so many that's now that you're likely. like, this is great. Yeah, that's that's most likely. I doubt And so one drink seems to have turned into 10 for Georgina and Serena. And yes. they are having drunk, they're having fun, they're reminiscing, they're flirting with guys, they're flirting with each other. Um, and the closest we get to D&D in the actual show because they become other reckon- characters. They put on the accents true. and stuff. This is what we, we talk- do every time we play D&D. What's your go-to accent, Meek? My go-to accent is uh, a non-specific, regional, semi-French kind of accent. Although lately I've been relying a lot on the Cockney. It's not really Cockney. I don't know what's the East London-y kind of accent too. Oh, yeah. A little bit of um, a little bit of twang. Yeah, it's a bit... It's what I, I try to make my voice a little bit deeper, and this is as close as I oh, can yeah. get. Is if I just start dropping some T's, it suddenly just gets lower. Yeah, that's a good one as well. I usually use that for goblins myself. Mm. I don't know whether that's um, racist or not, but it's something that I just do. And they, people seem to like it when it's come from a goblin. And it's either that or use a Jersey accent, and my Jersey accent is not good. Oh, I was going to say, what's your Jersey accent? Sorry, I just realized I'm eating on a podcast, which is the worst. Wow. Wow. I'm so sorry. Fifth, I just thought I was having a chat for a minute. Fifth, I know. I'm putting the chocolate away. I'm sorry. Oh, wait. I won't eat the other. No, I won't eat the other half. It's okay. Okay. Uh, wh- what is your Jersey accent? Bada bing, bada boom. I'm out of here. I'm walking here. <laughs> I find Ocker really hard to do now. Nah, Ocker's fine. Like to go easy. to it. No, I can't. Nah, mate, like, it just goes, it just, I, now I just drop T's and it just sounds British again. Nah, mate, you got to go, got to keep going. Oh, you got to keep going. I don't know. And then it go turns, down. Yeah, do it outside Clearly, of your Just get a I little bit can't. nasal. This I is going to be great for me to edit out later. <laughs> no, this is quality. This, this is what the people want. It's really not. <laughs> In the middle of this wonderful accent play that um, yes. the Dawn, sorry, Georgina and Serena are doing, uh, yeah. Georgina gets a call and she's like, oh, no, 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 not now. Um, and Serena grabs the phone and is all like accenty and realizes, oh my God, it's a drug dealer. <gasps> <gasps> Georgina hasn't changed at all. And uh, Serena does a Serena exit, which by I mean, I st- she storms off. And does this not remind you of now? 
troublesome slightly comedian that i but i used to enjoy when i was younger but i know nowadays so but yes. do you remember chris lily did um when he did summer heights there was the yes. like she's a naughty girl with a bad habit a bad habit for drugs drugs, drugs. yes that's what that made yes. me think of because it was that's... so much like drugs it was very much it's like you want one gram or two it's like i'm guessing she's ordering cocaine i don't know the measurements for drugs like she could be ordering I don't know anything or heroin i, who I knows? assume she was ordering panadol the yeah that's I know. that's what you need to have people call you to tell you is ready hmm. uh either way serena does as i said the serena exit and calls chuck um to be like oh my god i was tricked into getting drunk i need help i was supposed to meet dan oh no i'm so torn i'm just gonna slump hmm. down on the floor and be sad yeah. uh this scene has a good little well Chuck's wearing Argyle, I assume. It's like a green striped or green checkered oh, jumper sweater for our American Good use listeners. of jargon. Good use of fashion jargon. Uh, I, I learned that from Veronica Mars. Yeah. Oh, I, I know about it. Argyle from, from Veronica Mars. Um, but we get to see the couch. The couch is back. Hey, hey, my favorite hey, NPC. Couch watch. Yeah. And Chuck, Chuck says like, oh, I'll deal with it. Don't worry. I'll deal with Dan Humphrey. And he immediately calls Dan and Dan's like, oh, it's from the, the palace. It must be Serena. Hey, I've been waiting to call you. I miss you. And what does he say? What, it, what? I can't even remember. We'll put the clip in. Hey, I've been wondering where you were. I mean, all of your life. Um, but Chuck's flirting with him. Is he? Chuck, Chuck is flirting with, like, that is a flirty line. Okay, this is maybe because I've had a separate conversation outside of our podcast this week, but people can just be funny without it being flirting. Yeah, but it's Chuck. Chuck can just be funny without it being flirty. I don't know. That's like two lines that are like Dan Chuck kind of flirty lines. I agree to disagree. It's like, normally I'd just be like, yeah, just being weird, but... Something about this episode, they've just gone, hey, we're going to be wacky now. We're going to have fun with everything rather than the drama that we've had for the last 14 episodes. It's like, these are dramatic storylines. It's SATs. It's like drug taking friends from beyond from beyond the series. Did you say, we're going to and say beyond the grave. I was, yeah. Georgina's a ghost, apparently, everyone in my head. Uh, but yeah, this, this is out of nowhere. It's wacky and fun and I like it. I'm on board with it. Uh, and also notice that Dan is left-handed. Just oh. something to, to um, fun fact. But I'm, I'm going to assume that Penn Badgley is also left-handed, uh, and that's why Dan is left-handed. So Chuck's reasoning or Chuck's excuse for why Serena can't come and visit Dan is food poisoning. She's super sick. She's throwing up. I am doing a good thing for her, and Dan does not believe it. Dan is like, no, get fucked. You're lying. Mm. And I want to talk about deception checks uh, because oh, I yeah. feel that this is a really good use of a deception check by Chuck, that he has kept it simple. And mm -hmm. I think it's a good way of um, a character or a player being told, okay, what's the lie you tell when, when you have to come up with this story and they just say whatever it is. But the point is that they, he rolled well enough 
that the NPC, in this case Dan, has to believe mm. it or has to accept it. He doesn't have to believe it, but he has to accept that that's the mm. end of the matter. No more information is forthcoming and he has to kind of let it go for the rest of the scene. Mm. And yeah, I like that. I like to do that to players, particularly yeah. when I know they've already rolled well or just like, well, what is this lie that you tell? Because if they know they've rolled well, then they get the chance to come up with something fucking stupid. Yeah. Knowing it's going to succeed. Yeah. 100%. You got to, I think that goes with most checks, to be honest. Like, I think you have to, same with like, even like bartering and stuff. Like, I think you have to go through that whole role play first, or at least, you know, not, if you're not going to RP, at least say, okay, my character would be trying to be, you know, uh, trying to give lots of compliments to like, you know, get a better price, or they're going to try and be sassy and threaten them to get a better price. And then you get the role. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I think yeah, it was it's well done. That was a, a well written little bit, nice yeah. RP element to it as well. Do you want to pen actually fun facts? Yes, I would. Thank you. He turned down the role of Dan Humphreys twice. Really? Because he was afraid of being typecast. And that would explain the whole casting in you. Yes. It's like he uh, still, still, he's still Dan Humphrey. Yeah. Okay, cool. Keep, can keep going down the trivia for Pam Badger's um, Wikipedia page and we'll come back to us uh, when, when you find I'm something. I'm not on his Wikipedia page. I'm on insider.com. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> and the next day, returning to this, mm. Dan heads to school and he finds um, Chuck in the big yellow coat that he stole from, from who was it, Curious George? Whoever it is in the yellow. Oh my god! No, you the, need, the is this still the, the Gucci coat? Are we still talking about no, the Gucci No, he's he's in a yellow version now. It's, I believe oh, it's okay. still Gucci, but it's a yellow, like it's a bright banana yellow. I don't remember this and, jacket either. See, anyway, clearly these jackets were just nice to me that I didn't like. There's didn't a whole Wiggles theme of color in this episode. It's like bright colors, and every everyone's got it. It's either oh yeah, Chuck, it's a good one. This is like a mustard yellow. Sure. It's weird. I don't like it. I was fine with the argyle. When we when we wrap up this this whole I can series, live with the scarf. I'm gonna find you a scarf and an orange trench jacket for you to wear as a memento of our. Anyway, he spots Dan. Uh, Dan spots Chuck in the coat yes. and goes over to him and's like, "Hey, leave Serena alone. Serena used to be cool, and then spring break happened, and he, she moved in with you, and now she's like all weird and strange and different." Uh, and when Serena comes Chuck. over. Yeah, when Serena comes over and Dan's like, so how are you feeling? She's like, oh, yeah, my migraine's gone. Uh, and Dan's like, but it was food poisoning. I've caught you out with my insight roll. Yes. Slash someone didn't take notes and forgot what, what lie they told the week before. Yeah, that that tracks really well, actually. And, yeah, I like the, the little interrogation bit. Um, I like when Dan uses his detective skills. It's, it's well done. Um, and Chuck asks a very good question after Dan storms off with basically saying why don't you just tell him Mm. and serena's reasoning is i just can't okay i'm sad uh so sure leave it in the dark this is one of my most annoyed most one of the things that most annoys me about television shows and teen dramas in particular when they just say i can't explain rather than explaining why they can't explain but they can't explain even if she said he would never look at me the same way again, that's fine. But just I can't is lazy writing. That's like, oh, um, yeah, the the king's not available because he's away. It's like, 
All right. We'll bring the money. We'll bring the princess back tomorrow. It's like, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's poor DM. I'll, I'll give you that one. Fair. Blair's plan goes into action with a couple of mm-hmm. members of the hive. I'm just going to call the mm-hmm. little posse thing the hive. Oh, from I love now it. On. Yeah. Yeah. I think we I'm decided that a couple of episodes ago and, and just forgot it for one or two. Either way, they're trying to recruit Nelly. Uh, into mm-hmm. like they're trying to be like oh Nelly what are you into what do you like and she's like I don't want anything from you I just never want to listen to Flowrider again because my boyfriend dumped me yeah. all I do is study that's why I'm so mm-hmm. awesome and yeah. Blair's listening to it all like a, a creeper uh, mm-hmm. and then downloads a song oh <laughs> how is the nostalgia on that oh my god so friends oh. people who were younger yeah. Back in the day, a mobile phone, mm-hmm. right, used to mm-hmm. be, what did you call those screens where it was like the, the greeny brown back screen? Is that LCD? Analog? No. Is it just analog? LED. LED? Anyway, we didn't have color screens. And then on top of that, if you wanted a ringtone, there would be ads in magazines. Now, a magazine was like a website printed on paper for a specific yeah. niche. And so in those yeah. things, we would buy ringtones and you would also buy little emojis that you could display on your phone that were extortionate like i remember mm-hmm. paying do you know what my most embarrassing purchase is i remember oh, was buying it one of the little devils no that would actually maybe it's not the most embarrassing it's it's pretty up there it wasn't a playboy bunny or okay. a devil so at least that tells you what my high school life was like uh yeah. and why i'm not going to finish that sentence anyway oh, i remember buying the big brother eyes and the big brother ringtone mm-hmm that's pretty embarrassing. That's pretty horrendous. I, I remember those. I did, I believe I purchased a background for my phone, which was the X-Men logo. Okay. Uh, however, I did not buy the X-Men ringtone. I had a friend who was quite good at music at music in general, and she was able to prog, like just listening to the song that I had somewhere or just from her memory, mm-hmm. uh, was able to create the ringtone herself yeah. using, using the keys because the keys used to have different but like different sounds depending on what you pressed. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that was something that, you know, if you're blind, you can actually press the button and you know what you're pressing. Or if you were driving in your car, you could totally text someone without ever looking down at your phone because you knew yeah. that like T-H-E was like three three buttons, two buttons, three buttons. Not that you and I ever did that. Not that we would ever do that when you were driving. No. Uh, anyway, that was that was something cool. And um, I always thought that was pretty amazing that you were able to, we were able to program our own too. X-Men thing. It was fun. I used to I think do I, I was, songs. Of course you did, because Tripod is amazing. And yeah. um, someday, someday, Jon, Scott, Gatesy, I know you're listening. <laughs> um, I will have you on Tell Me About Your D&D, because you are definitely players of D&D. So previously when we saw Jenny and what's-her-face, Elsie, Elise, I can't remember. It's it's Little, little E. Last time we saw Little J and Little E, they were going to go and stalk Dalton boys. Uh, and apparently that was a bit of a bust, because now they're walking in the rain and still looking for a boy for Jenny. Uh, little E doesn't seem to be particularly fussed. Mm. And she does have like an Elliot, like a young Elliot Page vibe. So maybe mm. not so interested in the boys. Mm. Um, anyway, they spot the dog walker again. And this time he's getting into a fancy car or handing off the mm. dogs to somebody else. So maybe he's not the dog walker. <gasps> I don't know how they realize that because he's near a fancy car and getting into it. I mean, sure. Okay. I've never got that into a fancy sense. car in my life. With a, a horde of dogs? No. 
It's like, why is he walking the horde of dogs then if he's not the dog walker? Does he just have a horde of dogs? I know a, the group of dogs is a pack, but this was a horde. Mm. I, I think it's just that he does it for fun. Maybe he does it as a favor. He just likes dogs, can't have 68 yeah. in his apartment. So he takes them all out for a walk from his like little rich friends' families for fun. Sure. For like no monies. Yeah, that makes sense. Or for drugs. Who knows? Mostly for drugs. Yeah, that seems that seems to be more likely. Just goes out for mm. a smoke. This is what Nate used to do when he was that age. Uh so anyway, the fact that he could be rich means that Jenny's off to flirt. Mm. It's like Raggedy has learned well from her big brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go after the rich ones. And mm-hmm. I will mention now that Blair has downloaded her new song and mm. just wanders the hallway past Nella Yuki, uh, playing mm. this Flow Rider song mm. as a torment to her. And yes, listening to Flow Rider is torment. <laughs> just a yeah. drive by on Flow Rider mm-hmm. there. Anyway. Blair comes over and is like, oh, I understand you. I just had a breakup myself. I understand how bad it can be. Why don't you come over to my place and we'll have many petties and, and mass- massages and make you feel a little better and gets more information about the ex, like finds out his name and what happened and things like that. And Blair, scheming as always. I like Blair's storyline in this episode. Blair's awesome. Yay, Blair. Doesn't deal with yeah. Chuck. It's great. You see, see how much more fun the episodes are when Blair and Chuck don't interact at all. Yeah, everyone heard that eye roll. It's just, like, it's not that it's more, maybe it's because I'm a fan of love and I know soulmates when I see them and I just want to see that storyline. And, sure. and you know, you have to kiss a few frogs before you find your prince. And sometimes you have to kiss the, the frog becomes me. the prince. There you go. <laughs> because I would point out that Nate in particular is not a frog. And Nate is in the next scene. He's he was, with Vanessa. He was Blair's frog. No. He was the prince that she was running away from. There's a, there's a whole thing. Anyway, we could get into that trope, but we won't. Because Nate and Vanessa are on a little conversation. He, they've gone to mm. a Greek place where apparently he knows... in Greek place in Brooklyn, I should point out. Yeah. Where he knows the staff. Uh, and he explains that his dad's in rehab a couple of blocks away. He comes here all the time because he doesn't want mm-hmm. to hang out with his mother. Because seriously, why would you? Um <laughs> And Archibald is not a good companion at the best of times. It's, you know what? I was going to make a very poor joke and I won't. Um, And Vanessa points out, yes, I kind of know what you're going through because you left one of your practice essays in the textbooks and I read it and I want to apologize for judging you so much. And little sparks, little sparks between Vanessa and Nate. Sparkle, sparkle, sparkle. They're on a date now. It's very clearly a date now. Yeah. So Georgina gets Georgina calls Serena again and is like, oh, I'm so sorry. Things turned out messy and I'm not taking drugs now. And I, since you changed, maybe I can change too. Just give me another chance, ex-girlfriend. Um, I mean, it's kind of those vibes. Anyway, Serena has a multiple choice question of which does she decide? And she goes, yeah, we can have one drink. Yeah. Such such a bad choice, Serena. Also, well, it's also because she's still she's still tentative about it. Like she's not like like woo. She's like all right. I think she's yeah. trying to keep this person on board whilst also I think she's trying setting to, boundaries. She's trying to stay on Georgina's good side because Georgina yeah. has already kind of proved with the gifts from last episode that she can really kind of fuck up Serena's life just by existing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently, there's more than that. Anyway, Dan is studying. 
Um, he is studying out loud, which is annoying for, for Jenny in her purple grape uh, cardigan. Yes. See, this is the thing. Some, there's something about this episode that the color design, there's just lots of bright colors in it suddenly. This is why I'm saying, when did the show get wacky? It is. Like, it's only been rare before. Think back. No, think back to Serena is always in colour. What about Jenny had that, she stole a bright red dress. I mean, although there's probably a whole thing about red dresses we could go into all the room. But there's been lots of colour. The girl, the hive are always Mm. in block colour. Not in this, not in this level of, like, not this much in an episode. Uh, I just, you know, I'm going to... Oh, Chuck has not it's... been involved as much when it comes to the colors. It's like it's always did, been the women. Okay. Yeah, I'll agree with you slightly more on that one. But there was like a green. He did have like that bright. Green. Remember the basketball outfit? Oh God, I'm trying trying to forget it. <laughs> Let's keep going before it actually okay. like imprints go, go, go. on my brain. So go. Rufus gets home and Jenny shows off the fact that she's been doing homework. Hooray! Um, she basically wants, like, I've done all the things. I've done my community service. I returned the dress. Maybe I'm not granted anymore. And Rufus is like, well, I do have a surprise for you. And he produces a sewing machine. Yeah. Um, which, Her good one. dad. No, it's a different one. It's He oh, actually it? says that it's he says something that it's not exactly the one that you pawned, but Aww. hopefully it's just as good. Aww. Uh, and you know what? It doesn't matter because Rufus, good dad Rufus Humphrey, is giving her gifts and keeping her grounded because she yeah. fucked up majorly. She stole from people. Like, she stole a $15,000 dress. You don't just get out of that with a week's worth of homework, Jenny. Yeah. Sorry, little Jay. Uh, but the reason she really wants out of the, the grounding is because she has a date with Asha. Mm. Uh, and that gets into, like, a whole thing. No way. It's not exactly the same as the one you pawned, but... <laughs> you know, Jen, no one's happier than me to see this. Do you know how much it costs to get a zipper prepared? Yeah, I figured since you'd be spending so much time at home... Wait, what? So I guess you're still grounded. Yeah. Dad, wait. I met this really nice guy and I'm supposed to meet him in the park for lunch tomorrow. Oh, grounded or not grounded, you're not old enough to date. It's not a date. He's just a friend. Who is this guy? You don't know him. He goes to Unity. Upper East Side Unity? Technically, that's Upper West Side. Uh, How are you helping? I thought you wanted to take a break from that whole crap. What whole crap? The one that made you feel like compromising your character was a prerequisite to hanging out with him. So it's okay for Dan to date someone rich, though? Well, it's not without his complications, believe me. I thought you said it wasn't a date. It was nice there for a minute. It was. Because yeah. I, I kind of like that. Particularly because I, I like it because Rufus wins on that yeah. one. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, well played, Rufus. A little bit of an assist mm-hmm. from Dan, but uh, well played. Yeah. That good was, dad. That was good. Good dadding. Yeah. Good dad, Rufus Humphrey. Hmm. It's got one of the few times we're going to say that, honestly, but well done. Yeah. So at the spa day, uh, Nelly Yuki has been invited into the, the Sanctum Sanctorum mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. penthouse. And she's like kind of getting fed up with it all and tries to leave. And Blair's like, no, you stay. It's like, you're, you're trying to leave too early. You. Yeah. And Nelly's boyfriend shows up uh, and basically oh. says, Blair invited me in. We should talk. And they go off. And Blair's like, aha, success. I have won. And we're like, Okay, well done, Blair. 
Um, that's what, yeah. That's what she does. Yeah. What Blair does, Blair, what Blair does very well. It's scheming and plotting and maneuvering. And I think that's really mm-hmm. what Blair, Blair does very well. She's a general huh. in this. Uh, so Vanessa and Nate are having a walk and apparently Nate is really into lesbian punk. Um, yes. His lesbian punk phase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, I like their chemistry. Yeah, I have to admit, me too. Yeah. It's also that old trope though of like, you know, the rich uh, boy and then the like, not, well, she is poor, again, poor in inverted commas, but like the poor girl. And, you know, her, him opening up this world of opportunities and giving his gifts to her because, you know, she has such a natural talent. Well, is that what she's doing? Or is he realising because of her that there's so much more to the world than what he has been offered previously? Like he says, I never even knew that college wasn't an option. Yeah, true. Like he's like, you're smart. You could be taking the SATs and yeah. you're not. And she's like, well, I just do what I want. I'm going to be a filmmaker. I don't need to. And he's like fascinating yeah did not realize that was a thing that we could do yeah i'm gonna go study shrimp fishing in borneo kind of (laughs) kind of attitude yeah and yeah i just really love that they kind of bring out this side of each other that we have not seen before yeah yeah true and i like the fact that nate brings out of uh vanessa like this whole thing that like rich people aren't two-dimensional like we have our own problems and stuff and yes they're different but they're just as messy and i think it also kind of humanizes nate's drama like before it was Mm -hmm. drama with a capital d it was like relationship drama and family drama and embezzlement drama and now it's just like my life kind of sucks and i'm under stress and i've got someone i can talk to about it yeah and it's like, well, Nate, find a therapist. That's great. Yeah. That's great, and it's Nate. Vanessa. Yeah. Um, maybe not so much of a therapist because he walks her back to the coffee shop and there is the great line. He's like, I know, you know I don't live here, right? This isn't like walking me home. I'm just picking up my laptop. Um, but that doesn't stop them making out on the step and going inside Aww. like it is a, a full-on day. Again, when did this show get wacky? It's like the fact that they're acting like this is her apartment and specifically throwing the lampshade on the fact that it's not her apartment. But everything else about it is that they she's just walked home after a date. And like they make out and go inside. I'm like, are they going to fuck in the cafe? <laughs> like, is this what's happening? Again, this show has always been this good, Jeremy. I don't know what else to tell you. I know I'm repeating myself and I don't, I'm not backing it up with evidence, but it's just fact. Like, it's always been this oh, good. You know what it is? I reckon it's the director. The director, Michael Fields, that has done a lot of other stuff. There's a show called Veronica Mars. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, is that a sci-fi? That he... Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> it could be. And uh, Michael Fields did a lot of directing on that and a few other shows as well. Um, I did a a bit of research into it, but I can't remember what it is right now. Anyway, uh, Georgina and Serena, that's an annoying way to say. I'm just, no, I don't want to call them GNS. What can we call them instead? Um, S&G. Dawn and Golden Retriever Girl hang out. And (laughs) Georgina actually refuses a drink. She's like, no, I don't drink now. I'm being good. Uh, and wants to, wants to know a bit about Dan and like, how did you find someone? So it makes you feel so amazing. 
and Serena's like, well, it gives him, gives us some details and then goes to call him. And this is when Georgina grabs a little vial of clear liquid from her purse and dumps it into Serena's drink and basically roofies her. Mm-hmm. It's like this. Okay. This is why there's so many things about don't leave your drinks unattended. It's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't Even actually, it's not friends. always guys. Yeah. Like this could have been a fun prank mm. back in the day for them. Like they just, yeah. they give each other drugs like that, but it, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's not very great. bad. Yeah. Yeah. We're sad to see it happen. Mm. Um, we, Serena just kind of wakes up the next morning and has no memory of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is where I'm of the opinion that Georgina probably took it pretty far. Like this is, this could have been Chuck's MO back in the day. Like he was usually playing like girls with champagne. Chuck didn't even have. A, I don't think Chuck would use drugs. He might have bought like lots of like champagne and stuff. Yeah, he buys an alcohol. Great. He doesn't give not them drugs. Not great either. Oh yeah, no. I think even Chuck. Not when Jenny's alone. fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Georgina, I am of. This is icky, but I will basically say that I am of the opinion that Georgina date raped her. Mm. Like she got her really drunk, and they seem to have a, a great time out. Like yeah. she's saying that. Um, they they were drinking soda and then Serena decided to switch to Patron. Yeah. Um, is is this why you drink Patron? Because Serena did. <laughs> I mean, I always no, figured you were more because... like a Blair drink. Yeah, no, I I drink Patron because I make bad life choices a little bit like oh, Serena. Okay. Maybe yeah. actually, you know what? Maybe yeah. subconsciously, yes. <laughs> Okay, speaking of bad life choices, before we get, well, speaking of bad life choices, Serena then calls Chuck. But um, I was going to say, this is something that I really like because Georgina's going through all the things they did the night before and being like, oh, you had so many guys flirting with you. And it's like, it's creepy. It's horrible. This is not something you want to wake up to. Yeah. But as a D&D party where you can do it in kind of a safe manner, you can mm. do it in an adventure where your players don't remember what happened. You're playing a one shot mm. and they just kind of wake up the next morning and they've got, you know, tattoos on their hands. You're like, what the hell happened last night? And you as the dungeon master can feed them piecemeal little bits of adventure. And like, well, yeah. maybe this is what happened to you. And you've got a goblin who's following you around going, yes, boss, no boss, whatever you say, boss. Yeah. And like hangover and style. What, what's his deal? Yeah. Yeah. There is an adventure um, by Curtis Vibe who did Rat Queens. Uh, way back when, ah. rap queens for those, yeah, which is basically the Hangover. Cute. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Serena calls Chuck for help because it is the day of the SATs, and Serena's mm. meant to be at the place, and she's probably going to be late. And once those doors are closed, ain't no way she's getting in. So she's called Chuck and's like, "Do something, keep the doors open. I've got to be there." Yeah. Um. So Vanessa finds Nate waiting at the coffee shop, and again, I'm. Does Nate does realize that she doesn't live there, right? Sixty percent sure. Yeah, like I'm in the and majority. Again, apparently, they only saw each other like five hours ago, and it seems like like if she's getting to work, this is what eight a.m. Yeah, at least for a cafe, seven a.m. Probably. Yeah. So, when did they see? Did they did they fucked in the cafe? Didn't they? They. It was a first date. They probably just had a little smooch mm-hmm. and then until two a.m. Yeah. And oh, he would have chat. walked home. Do you know what's the best? You know what's the best part about new relationships is just the what? chatting. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. chatting with someone till like three a.m. 
not making jokes. What? It's true. That's it is. Yeah, it is. That's all I would do if I was in a new relationship. Definitely chatting until three a.m. Yeah. Uh, however, he's pulling his Nate is pulling this chimp, Prince Charming act. I nearly called him Chimp Chimp Charming, which would have been very weird. And where it's basically like, I'm going to give you a once in a lifetime opportunity. And he's got the town car there. He's like, just mm-hmm. get someone to cover your shift. And she's like, you can't just swan in here with your money and your good looks and your charm and and take me off to all the fancy places I've only ever dreamed out. Not that I've actually dreamed about them. Yeah. Uh, but she does decide to go with him. Just yeah. this once. Yeah. Which also the fact, like, do you know what? Do you know what the worst part about this whole thing that I in my head was like, Nate, she's a working casual. She's not getting paid for that day if she's not there. Like, I get that you've organized cover, but that's like a whole day's salary gone for poor Vanessa. Yeah. Nate, you don't yeah. understand how this works. No, he doesn't. He really doesn't. I mean, that cafe is fucking pissed at her right now because she was right outside. She was there, and then she just swans off with some guy. It's like, ooh, well, Nate. Well, I'm not- assuming Nate organized. He said he's organized cover, which also, how the fuck has he done that? But. Anyway, well, Nate's Nate just on skills. some group chat of the, like, cafe now. <laughs> yeah, he probably is. Uh, and I will jump to to why he's doing this, because he's taken it to the place where the SRTs are, SATs are. Yeah. It's like, so well done. So she can just have like, it in case she needs it. Yeah, I was like, again, Nate being fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Vanessa's all like, I, oh, I don't, I don't know. But he's like, yeah, you choose your own path. You do what you want. This is just another option for you. Yeah. It's like Nate suddenly like really caring and hot. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't suddenly. he like this with Blair? Because he wasn't meant to be like this with Blair. Blair and him were what? never a good fit. It was like two, two circles trying to make tessellation. There was always going to be a gap. So why was you all like, oh, Serena, I care for Serena instead? Or was that just him trying to escape, like, the the friction and problems that was with Blair? Well, we haven't fully seen Serena play out yet, so... That's true. That's true. Anyway, we'll jump back to the scene in between those where we have this very awkward uh, breakfast between uh, between Rufus and Jenny. And she was really kind of hoping that he would forgive her and let her go on this date because she hasn't cancelled yet. And he's like, no, no, you mm. forgive. You you cancel it right now, young lady. Yeah. Angry Rufus okay. is scary. I don't like he it. He puts down his landline phone. He does. You call <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. Again, his, for some reason, the, the shirt he's wearing makes him look a lot like my one of my older brothers. And I'm just like, this is... This is so weird to me. Too real? Too real? A little bit. Yeah. I'm just like, that that's not the experience I had with my older brother to be to be that responsible. So anyway. I can edit that out. They didn't listen to it anyway. <laughs> and everyone else is arriving at the the SAT testing center. Uh, mm-hmm. Blair spots Nelly and poor Nelly Yuki. She has like basically a mess. been she's been messed because she's been talking all night with with Todd Jansen, mm-hmm. who apparently it's just the same conversation. And this is very much a teenager thing, isn't it? It's like you have the same conversation trying to understand why mm-hmm. you broke up in the first place, but it's just yeah. the same issues over and over and no one actually giving any inch or but at least they're communicating, unlike Serena and Dan. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. That is uh, and Blair lovingly love her love her to bits this girl 
not only has she ruined Nelly Yuki's mental state, but she steals the batteries from her calculator. Like a wonderful sleight of hand check, just chef's kiss. Thank you, Meek, because yeah. it is still a visual medium. It's still okay. an audio medium. <laughs> Every episode. We should just uh, upload yeah. the YouTube as well. We should just cover all no, bases. No, no. Then they won't know that I'm not as pretty as I sound. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Blair's Blair's pretty much set this up. She's done very well with this. Well done, Blair. Blair wins. But Serena has not yet arrived, and Blair and Dan are quite worried about this. And even as Dan is trying to call Serena, he overhears someone like, yes, I'm Serena Vanderwoodson, and looks over and it's just some weird redhead chick like signing mm. in as Serena, because this is Chuck's plan, apparently, to mm. just pay someone else to take the test. It's like... Yeah. Sure. Sure. And after the test, Blair and Dan are working together again. It's like, I, mm. I really like this. Uh, as they're, they're a team, suddenly. Yeah. And everyone's being nice to Dan. And I don't like people being nice to Dan. Dan is not a nice person. Dan should be, should be ostracized like a good poor person. He goes out and sits with the, the dogs and eats his meals with well, them. just all you need to know is there's a few more seasons to go yet, so... Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, they spot... Vanessa and Nate leaving and giggling and laughing and being in love. And both of them are like, oh, we're angry. You know what this reminds me of? When Chuck and Blair were standing on the steps in the very first episode. Watching Watching Serena? Serena and Dan. Yeah. 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 It's like this. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. Yeah, suddenly, suddenly Nate, Nate, suddenly Nate has two enemies now. It's um, Dan and Blair teaming up to make him unhappy. And it's like, sure, all right, what the hell? Apparently, yeah. apparently they're friends now. Sure, why not? Uh, so Dan decides to go to the hotel. He doesn't go to Serena's room or Serena's little penthouse, wherever it is mm-hmm. that the Basses live. He goes straight to Chuck's room. Mm. So apparently he knew she was at, she was in uh, Chuck's room. Uh, and this is where I really noticed the what the fuck Chuck like color energy. Meek, I know you've got the episode up in front of you. So uh-huh. jump through to this scene where okay. I, I will describe it for the viewers. Chuck is wearing okay. a purple cardigan and bright yellow pants. Yes. Again, we need to remember, I feel like we need to re- remind people this was 2007. This was the era that, you know, girls were wearing little shrugs and lots mm-hmm. of block colours. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, what's wrong with it? And what were fashionable young men on the Upper East Side wearing at the same period? Oh, let me just double check. Oh, here it says, uh, fashionable young men in 2007 were wearing yellow pants and purple cardigans. That's exactly what it says here on iNoFashion.com. As you do, I feel that they took the whole 1920s Great Gatsby aesthetic that Chuck had and went, nah, nah, 1970s blender. Like, this outfit would work really well on sex education. It's not 70s. It's... 80s. You're right. It is the 80s. A, mm, a little bit 80s. It's But it's flooring. still, like, but Gatsby, right? Gatsby, it's, it's excessive. It's just meant to be, like, ostentatious and over the top. That's what Chuck is weirdest thing about this is i feel that there's a tangent to go on to up here with what your dnd character wears okay. and whether like of something please do Sorry. I'll, keep, keep going that what your dnd character wears and like if you give them a really cool magical item that just does not fit the rest of the outfit 
Like you give them a, a I don't know, a balloon animal hat. Yeah. Uh, it's like, is the fighter actually going to wear this into combat? And knowing most players, oh. yes. Yes, they are. If it gives them enough buff. No, I but, have a fun story about this. Sorry, you go, you go. And then I'm going to finish. You go. I, I'm, I mean, I'm almost not wanting to go off on a tangent about this because I want us to get through the rest of the episode. No, this but is D&D. Feels... My thing's D&D related. Okay. Oh, I'm so... I'm. Thank you. Thank you for this screenshot. <laughs> this is going on the on the Twitter feed <laughs> and the Instagram feed. I just want to say I don't agree with it, but I thought it's you would ac- appreciate that article. It's, it's so accurate. Because it what mentions your thinking? three favorite outfits on Sharkbass. Two of those are in this episode alone. My D&D story. Here we go. Yeah. About magical items and then not much your aesthetic. So my party were in a desert and mm. we got told that there was like, essentially when we got to this like area, um, there was a bunch of shoes, like random just boots around, right? Which it turns out were magical, but essentially... The way they were laid out is that we weren't going to get them all. Um, so essentially it was like, if you guys want one, you've got to get yourself. You can't, no one else, because you've got to put the boots on straight away. Otherwise they're going to start. I can't remember. It was like they fade away or something. So it was like, do you fight the bad person or do you get your magic boots? So obviously because we're a party, we went, but my character, well, it wasn't really my character, it was me. I ran to a set of boots and I was like, what do they look like? And as soon as the DM like described something about them, I was like, nah, not interested. And he's like, do you want to know what they do? I was like, nah, I'm not wearing those. And I started going for another <laughs> pair based purely on the fact that I think these ones were like leaves or something. And I was like, nah, fuck them. No way. Regalia's not wearing those. Uh, I'm like, I'm looking for like gold boots. Where's like, or a heel? Does anything have a heel? Um, so anyway, that's the moral oh of the story, how I ended up with, I don't think I actually ended up. I think every other party member got a pair and I didn't because I was too fussy. Oh, no, I did. I did. No, I did. I did get a pair right at the end. And I think my DM might have just been very, very kind and just changed the description because I think he worked out that I was not going to pick them up unless they were pretty. And I think it's like, yeah, these ones look aesthetically pleasing. And I was like, oh, sick. I'll take these ones. (laughs) And in uh, related to boots, one party of mine has a flying ship uh, they mm-hmm. managed to purchase in a place. And obviously the crew of the ship need ways of getting around that means they're not going to fall off and fall to their deaths. So they've got a bunch of life belts and things, but they also have fl- boots of flying. And the boots ah. of flying, uh, they basically look like regular boots, but where the, the tongue of the shoe is, they've got a little upraised button. Uh, and essentially you ah. pump up this button for like a minute and then like- you're able to fly for a minute. And I, they're basically called, like, the guy who makes them is called Jordan, and he calls them Air Jordans. Stop it. I knew where that was going about 20 seconds ago, but I needed to hear you say it. That's beautiful. I really, I was very proud of myself because I came up with that in five seconds when they said, have they got anything that helps us fly? And I said, yes, we do. That's beautiful. Where were we up to in this episode? What was going on? Uh, oh yes, Chuck in his outfits. Yeah. Um, anyway, trying to ignore that, uh, Dan is talking to Serena and is like, "I, I want to hear from you. What happened? Like, what was? Yeah. Why were you not at the thing?" And she comes up with whatever story it is. Is like, "Okay, yeah. so why did yeah. you send someone? Why did you send someone to do the exam for you?" And Serena's like, "Chuck, what the hell, man? Why? What? No, I told you to keep the doors open." And Chuck's like, "That doesn't work." 
I solved a problem. Well done, me. Yeah. And I want to go, yes. Yeah, well done, Chuck. Well done. Yeah. High five from me. You did. Yeah. You were given a shit job and you did it to the best of your abilities. Absolutely. And then you decided to go and, like, fuck a wiggle and steal their clothes. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, Dan. Oh, Serena tells Dan that uh, they'll talk tomorrow because uh, she's bad at communicating and yeah. can't just tell him straight out. But to be fair, she has just, you know, had a very traumatic experience the night before and needs to kind yeah. of get into a safe space. There's a lot of things and happening. Chuck kind of points out, like, he can understand why she's not talking to Dan about this because he, she doesn't want to screw up a good thing. But he's like, why can't you even tell me what happened? Mm. Like, what the hell? What's, yeah, what's like, going I've on, done Serena? some messed up stuff. Yeah, it's like we confide in each other about the messed up stuff because then we can help mm. each other. And it's like, I'm not holding mm. this against you. I need to know so I can help you and actually stop getting in shit, like lying in the wrong way for you. Yeah. And I I don't like these episodes where I like Chuck. It's not good. It's it's not my thing. Because he's a good person. Mm. Uh, so Serena goes to see Georgina, who's packing and just like shoving everything in a bag angrily and basically mm. is there to say, get the fuck out of my life and die, you horrible wench. Yeah. Uh, not in so many words, but that kind of seems Implied. To Those words are implied. Yeah. yeah. And there's a little bit of foreshadowing of being like... This I, I I take the blame for last night. I should have been more on my guard. And Georgina's like, oh, and all these other times, she's like, this isn't about last year. I'm like, ooh, what happened last year? Ooh, secrets. Secrets and vagueness. Ooh, I need to know. Um, which, when it's a D&D thing, really fucking aggravates me because I do it all the time. And it's the worst for anyone <laughs> paying attention like to it, medicine. I'm sure. I don't. I don't because I'm like, oh, so is it a red coat? And the DM's like, yes, it is. And every other player's like, the fuck does that mean? I'm like, no, no, nothing, nothing. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Make a little note. It's like, yeah. oh, the worst. So it's even more annoying when, when it happens when I'm watching something. Uh, anyway, Georgina's like, well, I don't want to be your friend anyway. And then gets a thinky face on when uh, Serena leaves. Mm. And at the Humphrey loft, Asher arrives. Uh, he says, well, and Rufus answers. Rufus being incredibly unimpressed that a boy has just shown up with a, mm -hmm. a maybe a foot long, maybe a foot and a half long. You know what? <laughs> I can see Meek's expression. I will continue the sentence. Yes, he has food. He has food. He has a yep. very large bag. He has a bag about the size of a human torso <laughs> with filled with hot dogs. Um, yep. and you know, I feel that Rufus is angry because he had something else planned for dinner tonight. He was just going to make like some nice, like a nice spaghetti or a bolognese mm -hmm. or something. And this guy's here with hot dogs. Like what the hell, man? You, mm. You'd step it all over Rufus's thing. But yeah, yeah. Jenny's like, oh, oh my gosh, this is Asher. This is the guy that I was telling you about. And look how sweet he is. He brought us food because I couldn't go on the date. I feel that she called him and told him to come by with this. I feel this is something Ooh, that she I was thinking do. this as well. I, I hadn't come to, to be honest, to a full uh, decision, but I don't put it past Jenny because she's getting this like naught this like real sassy streak going on. Yeah. Like Asher seems like a very simple boy, but also kind of that, what's the, the upfront, honest 
type. He seems like he's just the kind of guy that does this uh, in general. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe this is just how he acts, but it it does feel like Jenny kind of dropped a few hints. It's like, oh, it's so bad I can't go out. You know, it'd be so cool if someone just came by. Like, all I can do is hang around the apartment and a picnic here would be awesome. Uh, And Rufus kind of caves and is like, well, I guess guess you come in then. Hot dog boy. Uh, And speaking of Humphreys and picnics. Dan is doing his little park thing where he sits in the in the park. Normally he's got Serena there having a picnic. But he's staring out at the water in a moody fashion uh, since he's just done his SATs and he's having a problem mm-hmm. with his girlfriend who will talk to him mm-hmm. later. And a dog mm-hmm. runs up to him and a woman runs up after the dog. And, oh, my God, it's Georgina, but she's not saying her name's Georgina. It's like, what did he say his name was? Sarah. 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 Yeah, but he, she's named the dog Georgie. And yeah. obviously that's like a bit of projection right there for her. So, um, sure. So he, she's introduced herself to Dan is trying to make the meat cute happen. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of dog meat cutes in this, this episode. There's the I thing mean, with Asher and Jenny. The and there's meat- a dog. I've, I've let, I've let my dog out to friends to go and meet people with. Well, that would work for, for your dog. Your dog is adorable. She is. Yeah. Doesn't work with cats, I found. Cats are just too standoffish. Uh, either way, that's it. That's the episode. We end hey. on uh, Joy Dinner's face, obviously planning something. Oh my gosh, she's going to try to steal Dan or just reveal to Dan or something. It's like, I don't, you know what? I don't care about this plot. I am bored with this plot. You will. Let's get back to, let's get back to Nate and Vanessa and their adorable date times. You will care about... I guess I'll have to. Anyway... Let us get on to the final bit of what we do on this show, yeah. where we talk about, yeah. well, we pick a character from the show that we've just watched yeah. and talk about how we'd make them into a PC or an NPC in our game. And I know Meek mm-hmm. was having some problems with it earlier, so I shall Oh, go I've got a solution now. Oh, you've got a solution now. Are you sure? Yeah. Do you don't want to go first? Yeah. Sure. So you know, remember okay. back a few episodes ago, yeah. I chose the couch as my NPC? Oh, yes. Episode two, in fact. Oh, and the, the couch is back. Well, I wasn't going to choose the couch. I can't choose the couch again. You can't choose the couch again. But just because I love how much you love it, I feel like I really want no. to No. Oh, God. <laughs> Instead of an NPC, I want to, can I be like, I want to choose like what I would make into like a magical item. Mm-hmm. And it would be that beautiful mm-hmm. Gucci orange trench coat that oh, that's bit- so beautifully rocks and i would love to make it into like uh what's the cloak of uh the, the cloak of everythingness no, the one that has the patches on it you know where you like pull uh the... the cloak the cloak of useful objects yes so robe if of useful I was objects. Playing, yes if i was playing robe yeah instead of a robe of useful objects i want a cl- like a, a, the gucci trench coat of useful of useful objects no useless. actually here's what i want yeah i want the gucci trench coat of useless objects and it's just all the pockets in the trench coat have stuff in yeah. it that you pull out yeah. and like it's like boom gummy bears boom, yeah pull it out oh cool band. i've got a bunch of like a half a bunch of grapes great yeah. <laughs> chucks so is like an expired speaking- condom or something <laughs> So strictly speaking, not an NPC, but it's pretty okay. great. That is that is a better outfit than I was expecting. So um, fine, yes, sure, why not? Thanks. Why I mean, not? at this stage, how many episodes in? I mean, if I haven't broken your podcast yet, I'm probably not going to. Yeah, 
Yeah, probably. Uh, I am actually going to pick a real person, a human person, oh, uh, rather okay. than an outfit. Bold I'm going to pick. I feel I'm going in a bit early on this one because I feel there's a bit more to this character and there could be could be stuff down the line. Uh, Nelly Yuki. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, as I'm going to pick now, this is someone that I've kind of a, 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 a trope or a persona that I enjoy in a lot of games where Nelly Yuki is the rival to our main character of Blair, mm. where mm. Nelly Yuki is the NPC, the the other adventurer who's just better in every way. Maybe they're a couple of levels higher. Maybe mm. they've just got all the skills and somehow they've multiclassed the way you wanted to multiclass, but you couldn't because of like whatever stats you've got. Mm. And they keep beating you and it's so fucking annoying. Like you go into the dragon's lair and you got to fight your way through all the minions. And because you rolled poorly on that perception check at the start, you didn't realize there was a secret passage around the back and you get there and Nella Yuki standing there having already killed the dragon and taken most of the treasure. And like, cool, better luck next time. Bye. And it actually becomes an adventure to like sabotage Nella Yuki and like find their weaknesses because you're just that frustrated. And yeah, I think that would be a fun, fun NPC to have. I love it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. It's adorable. Yeah. Amazing. So that I is mean, our it's episode. No, it's no coat, but yes, it's very good. <laughs> it's true. It's not as good as a piece of attire, but you know what? Both can be used in every setting and you could combine them. That, no, that's a great way to combine them. The Nelly Yuki has this amazing coat that every time she reaches into a pocket, pulls out something amazing, and then eventually you steal it from her and you pull it out and it's like, great, I've got half a credit card. <laughs> it's not even the good I half. I love it. I love it. See? <laughs> that, dream team. Teamwork. Teamwork makes yeah. the dream work. It really does. So that is it for our episode. Um, we made it through. And Gossip Girl is getting better, so obviously my brain is breaking. I, there's a few things that we go through at the end of the episode, and I can't remember them all, but thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Please rate and review and share us with your friends, because that's a great way to make them suffer. Uh, Meek, where can people find you online if they want to ask you more about photos of, of Ed Westwick in, um, in different outfits? Uh, well, Dunkerger, Jeremy, for our Flemish uh, listeners, Dunkerger. Uh, people can find me at uh, blushing underscore bard. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to see what else I can say in Flemish. Uh, no, that's really all I've got. Uh, or they can, on Zundag, we're down at Fortress. Is that, that can I check that in? Sure. Right. We are that's, at Fortress that's... Emporium every Sunday running games yeah. of D&D. Oh, Zondag, as it is in Flemish. Zondag. Thank you. Everyone coming over from Belgium to Australia, if you're actually allowed yeah. in, sure. Yeah. Come on, come on, run a game for yeah. you. Uh, you can find the podcast uh, on Instagram and Twitter, which is at dndntvpod. If you want to send us emails, the podcast's email address is dndntvpod at gmail.com. Uh, the Patreon is pretty much the same, patreon.com slash dndntvpod. I just like saying that. At one point I record it so I don't have to say it anymore. I think that's it. That, sure. Uh, I'm on other podcasts. Tell me about your D&D character. That's on SoundCloud. That's on all the other places you Yay, find podcasts. It is. Meeks listen to every episode. Uh, Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Be kind to yourselves and may all your hits be crits. Dunksha, hits, bitmer. What the fuck does that mean?